right now on Source Pages. Once more and with feeling, we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy and the new movie, The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, comparing it to the awesome comics we read too. But first... After these messages, we'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for the podcast. Welcome back, my fellow guardians. I am Brian B. Klein. And I am Haley Hobbs. And this is Source Pages, where we talk about comics and novels, and in this case, a movie. But normally we're talking about comics and novels that are primers or continuations or source material for stuff that we're talking about. It's all the geeky stuff you love, movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So like Haley said, this week we are talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I I haven't even checked yet what our, I don't, have they updated our uh, fantasy scores? Because I know a lot of people when we were doing our draft. I have no idea. (laughs) Very hesitant (laughs) on picking Guardians because of potential deaths. So I think I got, I had Peter and Nebula Maybe one other one's thinking like, okay. It even like I took I, I, like a safe gamble and I took Adam Warlock because I was like, if nobody else takes one from Guardians, then I'll at least have those points. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we find out now that, you know, from now on, we're going to probably go through spoiler um, territory here. So if you haven't yeah. seen the movie, Hop I don't listen to the show because this is <laughs> what we're talking about here. It's going to be a review and comparison to the the movie that we just saw. So. Yeah, that's what we do. Yes. Um, do you have, is there any reviews this week or are we just keeping monthly. that on? That's a monthly thing? We're stretching okay. them out. We're making them last. We're savoring them. Okay. <laughs> Works for me. Don't put me on the spot like that and make me say weird things. <laughs> no, I was just, I was, I didn't know how to do a segue if we were going to have it or not. And then you'd be like, well, what about our review? So um, <laughs> we're going to review the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we go into that, there was some cool um, announcements in the Galaxy Far, Far Away as far as the wonderful Andor show. Uh, Tony Gilroy, the showrunner and main writer and the guy in charge of it, the guy that pretty much was in charge at the end after Gareth Edwards, um, him and Tony Gilroy did Rogue One, said basically Andor season two at the end of it, it's 12 episodes. It's going to go basically to four years because season one ended five years pretty much before Rogue One. 
and then they're going to cover the last four years up to it. But then like the last three or four episodes, this is where he actually now like narrowed it down, are going to cover like the three days before Rogue One. So yeah, super cool. That's going to be cool. I think it's kind of hard because there's been people asking uh, Felicity Jones, Mm -hmm. like, are you going to be in um, Andor at all? And she's like, it's kind of difficult because her story (laughs) pretty much literally starts in Rogue One. Unless there's a thing where, because obviously they know that they have to target her because of her whole, you know, Galen or so. And so they could have, you know, cameos of her doing hair because she's pretty much going to have to be, if it's three days before Rogue One, she's going to be in that Imperial entertainment camp. So, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit of it. She's not in it. I mean, I love love her, but this is Cassian's show. Exactly. And it doesn't really need any. I thought it was kind of cool. I still love the fact that Melchi is in the show because he's prominent in the Battle of Scarif where they even mention his name and he's one of the guys that Cassian takes away from the Imperial prison with him. He's the one he escapes with and he's pretty much yeah. going to be like his go guy for the next five years, I would assume. But we also get to probably, I'm hoping I, well, I know where we are because um, it's already been confirmed that we're going to figure out and we're going to meet K2 when he finally gets him and programs him. So we get to have some of Alan Tudyk's, you know, hilarity yeah, and just pure awesomeness awesome. in season two. So that, and I'm just even more and more excited every day leading up to what's going to happen in Ahsoka because, you know, I'm, Filoni, Filoni's pretty like much talking about the level of hype. I have for <laughs> <show>. <laughs> it's off the charts. Ugh, I'm so looking forward. And I just finished the air to the empire trilogy and I'm now reading Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. And uh, I mean, there's a character in that book from rebels. And I was like, ah, super surprise. Awesome. Yes. They did that. The, so pretty much just a, a quick, you know, minute or two here. Timothy Zahn is the guy that pretty much not revived. Well, there was a thing called the Dark Times in Star Wars, which was pretty much 86 <laughs> to 91. 91 Dark Horse started up. You had some um, comics, Dark Empire, and then Timothy Zahn. And I'll remember this because it came out in June of 1991 because it was like a week before I graduated high school. Yes, I'm old. And I we, was um, two. <laughs> we, <laughs> Uh, we got the novel because it's new Star Wars. And it was just so, you know, in, you know, just watch the full trailer for Ahsoka. They're so leaning into it because Ahsoka yeah. even says, is he going to be like the heir to the Empire? Which was the name <laughs> of the first novel. But there's yeah. so many cool characters that are introduced in it. And just the whole concept. And then when Thrawn was made canon in Rebels, Timothy Zahn right, wrote two new trilogies. There's the Thrawn the, just the throne where we pretty much get to see how he became, you know, him, him coming from the Chist ascendancy and just him learning to what, I mean, cause basically he was like an exile and I mean, yeah, not going to get nope, too spoilery and stuff, but we might, cause we might talk about them at some point. <laughs> yeah. There is one character. And I think in the third book of the first trilogy, cause there's been, 11 novels now in the Thrawn group because there's mm-hmm. the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the dual, uh, the Hand of Thrawn duology, which came out in the old legends. And there's been two trilogies, the Thrawn trilogy and then the Chiss Ascendancy trilogy. Yeah. And I think it's book three in the Thrawn trilogy has probably one of the greatest characters outside of Thrawn that um, Timothy Zahn has ever created. And it's just like this weasel vice admiral type guy that you just want. You're like, oh, it's one of those guys you love to hate so much. But that's fun. Um, yeah. So anyways, awesome. that's. Oh, no, I was basically so saying it was Filoni. 
Filoni was saying, like, when someone asked, is like, is this pretty much, is Ahsoka going to be pretty much Rebels season five? And he's mm-hmm. like, well, and as soon as Dave says that, I mean, he's pretty much cagey with any answer, but he has tells that when he's sort of hiding stuff, like when he was trying to hide for the first season. He's not of like Rebels. the best poker face. <laughs> oh, yeah. But when people also, were asking him, about, hair, trying- Ali from Animation Deliberation has been saying that for a really long time. So I think he gets all the credit for that. Oh, yeah. So here's a great guy. Um, yes. Yeah, he denied being Chopper for all of every episode of rebels ever until yeah. it like ended. And I think in the final episode, it said at chopper, cause it would always say chopper as himself. And then finally yeah. it said chopper, Dave Filoni, like we knew it was you. So anyways, okay. So that's enough star Wars talk. We are yeah, here to talk we'll about talk more star Wars next week. <laughs> we are talking about guardians of the galaxy volume three, mm. Uh quick, just off the cuff gut reaction to the movie. Go me. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gosh, sometimes like I was driving home thinking about what am I going to say? What am I going to, what's my take going to be? And I'm kind of like, I don't know, actually. Uh, And I think it's because (laughs) there's no dislike, like there's none of that. But I'm like, how did this movie make me feel? Because it made me feel about 50,000 different things throughout the course of it. And I'm kind of still, and I've only seen it the one time. So I'm kind of like, did I like super love it or was it so sad with really fun happy moments that made me just really enjoy it you know what i mean like it's kind uh-huh. of hard for me to pinpoint like an emotion about this movie there were a few times when i saw it i saw it on saturday with liz and she actually one time handed me over like the tissues the paper towels she had with her and it was at a scene that i didn't think was going to get me you know worked up it was the uh I think it was the Nebula line saying, you weren't meant to be a destroyer. You were meant to be a father. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, my God. With me being a huge, like, animal lover, people mentioned that as a thing. And we sort of knew with high evolutionaries, uh, you know, tactics or that there might be some scenes of that. None of the stuff that with the animals got me, like, like upset or, like, crying because they weren't. He wasn't like necessarily abused. You didn't see any abuse on screen. Right. It was part of his. It was pretty much like the stuff you'd see every day if you were like a product tester for, you know, makeup and crap like that, which I'm luckily those things are gone. But it was just like in his mind, it was actually kind of cool to me with animals. Once they had produced like the ability to speak. They lose a lot of that animal side and are becoming they're, they're sentient beings now. So pretty much it's the same as, you know, any any person knowing that still going into some of those scenes with the four of them where they kept yeah. saying it's great. To, it, it, I think Lila said it's good to have friends like mm-hmm. five or six times. And it's like, man, they're laying that thick nice and you know friends. that they're going to die. But um, I just when I got yeah. done, I just felt like I had a smile on my face most of the yes. time. And it was just, and it wasn't, there was the, the sadness was, you know, I think the, the fact that we're not going to see some of these characters again, um, surprised the hell out of me. The last thing you saw on the screen after the end credit scene where it just said star Lord will return. Yep. What? The legendary star Lord. (laughs) What? Like it's gotta be Chris Pratt. I mean, because he was the only one that pretty much said like Dave Bautista said he's done. Um, Why can't I think of Gamora? Um, 
Zoe Saldana said she's done. Obviously, James Gunn is done. But right. we see that new group of Guardians, which, by the way, I got a beef to pick with that. We could talk later about the okay. new lineup. Like, why the heck was there a freaking 10 year old kid with them? Unless she has some like <laughs> extraordinary powers. But, anyways, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, again, with each one of the movies going into this, I knew that. I had been listening to his curated songs for the movie. And even before this, for the longest time, Space Hogs in the meantime has been one of my favorite songs ever. Like it's top five. So I play that song so much. Every time I hear it, it gives me just like a visitor. I love the song so much. And that was the song that they were playing when they jumped out of the ship to get mm-hmm. onto that, uh, that living, gross that, thing thing. Was, that, that, that gross plant that looked like, you know, intestines and stuff like disgusting. that. <laughs> but that hit that he, he, he has such a, a great way to use music that in a lot of ways too, they, they show that it's actually being played in the movie. Star-Lord is yeah. listening to it. But you get to hear it as, you know, that and be like, wow, this hits so hard because the meaning of the song, if you know it, or even if you don't, it just, it it it, it makes you feel something on a different level that you didn't think that you were going to feel from it. So, again. I think that what's really funny about this movie is we all thought something terrible was going to happen to mm-hmm. one or more of them. Mm-hmm. And something terrible almost did. But well, James Rocket Gunn died. was probably like cackling to himself, like <laughs> these these idiots. They think I'm going to kill them all off, and they're all going to live. <laughs> and I I love that because instead of feeling like Infinity War level, I was kind of expecting that. Like we're going to feel like Infinity War. People are going to die. Our characters going to be gone. And instead, it was the exact opposite. And I think that was awesome of him to do that to give them all this. Like this resolution, this happiness. They they all have what they truly need in this galaxy. Mm-hmm. It was really heartwarming. I just loved that, and I loved the um, that the last scene is just Peter eating cereal with his grandpa, who was not aged enough to look ninety years old, which is fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, that that neighbor kid needs to mow the lawn. What is he like forty? Like it's hilarious. And it's heartwarming yeah. because it's it's real life, and that's the thing that I think James Gunn brings so well to his movies. After seeing that mid credit scene with the um, the Guardians, which if I can remember right, is it's Cosmo, Rocket, Nebula, Groot, no Nebula, a Groot. Which Adam. by the way, used, it was King Groot. They had King Groot because he had more the crown on it, which we'll talk to. um, We're going to be on MCU cast this week doing a comic things you may not have seen in the um, uh, the movie. But um, yeah, Adam Warlock and then that random girl that they saved from uh, the hybrid evolutionary ship. (laughs) So, but I love that scene too because the 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 local people there were screaming, and I'm like, "What are these guys doing?" And then then all of a sudden, these like dog like things come running, and then they're just like, "Okay, oh, we forgot uh, Craglin. Craglin's part of the group too." Oh yes, sorry, Craglin. So, but. The cool I thing too him for calling Cosmo a bad dog. <laughs> well, and that the, was actually I think because I was like kind of weepy about the other animal stuff. You, like that scene kept going on and on about him calling her a bad dog, and I was like, Cosmo's not a bad dog. <laughs> I wasn't like crying, but it was like upsetting me. <laughs> right, but the thing is, though, everything had a pair because you literally put the thing that could have been the MacGuffin or the you know. Pretty much Rocket is incapacitated 10 minutes into this movie. 
Yeah. And all you do is see him. Yeah, you see him in flashbacks to why he did, you know, the whole premise of this movie is pretty much how evolutionary realizes that rocket's still out there. He sends Adam Warlock to go get him. It doesn't work. He basically kills. I mean, he's he's set to die. And then now it's just that they have to do all these things to try to find a way to turn off the kill switch so they can revive him and, and keep him safe. It's a very simple plot, but just the ways of getting from point A to point B are awesome and hilarious. And um, even, even that scene when I know they showed it in the trailers, but when it was played off, when they were on counter earth and they go to that, that, that uh, family's house and mm-hmm. Drax with the couch, just like them explaining <laughs> because they could take a lot of times something that is so serious and what they're there for. And then just the levity them waiting for, you know, uh, telling them to stay back at the, uh, the ship. And then the way that they get the motorcycle and Drax just basically clotheslines that guy yeah. and Nebula calls them like, bring the <laughs> ship. And then she turns around and then they're standing there. Yeah. Just like, um, what is going on here? So, and then them explaining that, the, <laughs> that how they were getting out of the, the ship then was just, you know, yeah, we jumped off and, you know, grew, grew wings and then he flew down. I, I, it was a really cool escape. It looked, it looked really cool. You yeah. just jumped out of the window. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one that got me too, as far as, and I didn't see this coming, but it was basically confirmed by James Gunn that it was finally that this was a whole understand Groot when yeah, he says, I cool. love you guys at the end. And it was just like, oh my God. We love the you whole- too, Groot. The whole audience, and I saw it on one thirty on Saturday afternoon, and the place we saw that was like ninety five percent full. So it was it was great, and people were reacting the way you thought that everything should react to you know the scenes. The only thing that's the scene at the whole uh, intestines living base where yeah. they were getting the code or or go corp or whatever it was. Yeah. Some of those scenes seem a little bit when they were doing the big fight. That seemed like these guys were super incompetent because it, they, there was, you know, they weren't even hitting them. And those yeah. guys were sort of just like, but even that, uh, I love Nathan Fillion. He did yeah. they, they, just the little things like every group's got one of these people and he's looking over at that guy and he's like, I thought I, you know, I thought I knew what you were talking about, you know, just the little things. Yeah. Um, I thought James Gunn's, wife who you know seems yeah. to be putting everything her role was actually it was nice to actually see her do something a little more comedic because she's very serious and a lot of her she roles hysterical in she got shot in the leg yeah but just yeah i think a i was lot the only of times, one in my theater really laughing at that though. i was like i think it's supposed to be funny i hope <laughs> well that's the thing it's a matter of the levity that's brought during something serious even, but he knows when to not do the basically the, one of the best hallway fight scenes since Daredevil. There was nothing in it when that that basically you know pulled you out of it. It was just great the yeah. way that it just showed how everyone was working together. It did not um, feel like a two and a half hour movie at all. No, 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 definitely not. Um, I loved, loved, I loved Will Poulter as Adam Warlock and that they made him into this man child because he got (laughs) taken out of his cocoon too early and he was so funny. I think they just hit the jackpot with him (laughs) in that role. I can't wait to see more of him in the future. And he's, he's actually British, isn't he? Yeah. 
Okay, so that's why it was just like he was using that accent, which makes sense because a lot of times people are like, you can do whatever. Why didn't you make Dr. Strange British and just right. let Benjamin <laughs> Cumberbatch use that instead of using his terrible American accent from the first Aww, movie? Oh, Benny. <laughs> but yes, that the way that they explained that was perfect. Whereas it's like, you took him out of the oven too early. <laughs> and then, but his usage, because he was used sparingly. He was probably only in maybe five or six scenes. Yeah. Because he was in that beginning and then some of it were like with him and Aisha and them with the whole high evolutionary aspect, which I, I think we're going to talk about him we'll for there. a bit. <laughs> but yeah, especially at the end too, because I sat there when they were escaping and they were going to the ship and doing the stuff. I looked at Liz. I'm like, isn't the high evolutionary in with the guardians? Because he got like, basically destroyed and then he just crawled up onto the ship and there's like okay. Adam, not the high not you said the high evolution yeah, yeah oh sorry i yeah, did the adam exact Warlock. same thing i turned to nathan i was like isn't adam on the ship and he's like what i'm like isn't adam on the ship he's like what i was like never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there were like doing five that people in our theater i wasn't being obnoxious i promise <laughs> his his character got set up perfectly because it shows that he is he's i think he's going to learn to you know harness his powers better because mm -hmm. adam warlock is a very he's a um binary captain marvel carol danvers level of power yeah. and i mean there he's just on marvel unlimited right now a infinity comic which if you don't know what those are on the app they're just these comics that you like scroll through instead of flipping the pages there's a who is adam warlock one way to steal from us marvel we see you <laughs> and uh, it explains from start to finish, like him in the comics. So if you want more than what we gave you as Adam Warlock, go check that out. Because you like scroll through it in three minutes. It's awesome. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, listen to our primer too, which by the way, I thought oh, it was yeah. great that before like uh, Andre Sparks saw it on Thursday, I think. And the first thing that he's like, spoiler free review. And I'm, I hadn't seen it since Saturday, but I'm moderator on the Stranded Panda chat. So I'm like, I was going to take a quick look. It says spoiler free, free review. The first thing he said was thanks source pages for your primers. It really helped. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. So you know, I think say, I was. On yes, that. That, spot on. that is. I mean, that's the thing I said. Thank you so much. It's all Haley. She's the one that picks stuff. But, but until I saw it, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially with the high evolutionary. I mean, if you thought he was a D bag in the comics, Ugh, he, he lived up you know, to it. Yeah. He did, especially with, you know, going on to when they're on counter earth and they're taking them to see the high evolutionary and they're driving through. And the first thing you see, they're like under the, like an elevated train and you see graffiti. And then you see like what looks like a drug deal. And then you see these people fighting at home. And it's just like, how is this the perfect place? But then you find <laughs> out that he's like, yeah, I messed up. I'm just nuking all of it. Like that was awful. Oh yeah. He's one no, normally with the bad guys that they introduce now. Okay. So we've had two movies this year where, They've introduced a character that I've loved and with MODOK and High Evolutionary because they've been around for so long and they're both gone. Maybe. MODOK was sort of just like, okay, but High Evolutionary was pretty much, he was such a dick that it's just like, yeah. But we did not see him die. Yeah, but I think, okay. We didn't see him die? No, at least, he, like, I mean, yeah, he, he's dead. And then I was like, 
he lost Shit, that we fight. We didn't actually see him die. <laughs> <laughs> he lost that fight by everybody came and yeah. kicked his ass. I mean, Rocket especially. Oh, that's the one scene too where he. Oh my I'm god! Glad he Rocket... the shit off his face. He was a bastard. <laughs> and did he look a lot like the pre, like like Red Skull in a sense? He did kind like, of. Yeah, he, it was like, really, really gross. Messed up. But when Rocket, <laughs> the when they were the mask off, there was like a tendril on it. I was like, yeah. Ew. <laughs> um, the scene where they're about right, they're, they're leaving, and the, they're they're getting from the ship onto. First off. Kudos to freaking Craglin for driving nowhere. No you know, awesome. that was just so awesome to see where it's like all of a sudden there's this big, you know, giant and you know celestial that Rocket head. made that happen. Oh, yeah. But Rocket when he gets the there and they're evacuating all of these kids that were used for experiments, too. And I think they might have been also just like, you know, refu- not refugees, but people from counter. I think they were like his they were- next evolution of the perfect whatever, which was never yeah. going to be achievable. No, because he even said, like, we're going to the new place because they have all these guards yeah. that, you know, pretty much were wiped out by the Guardians that were only supposed to be used for, you know, the the next, you know, their Eden or Earth, you know, Counter-Earth 2, which, by the yeah. way, it took me about, did you ever watch um, uh, Superstore when it was on? I have not. Okay, so Mateo was one of the characters on this. He was a... Filipino guy. He was the one of high, he was the male high evolutionaries oh, yeah. uh, thing. And it took me a while. I'm like, oh my God, that's Mateo. But he could have uh, listened to it. <laughs> yeah. That was the one scene where I'm like, I'm like wow. I'm glad I didn't choose Starler because he killed a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> he went, especially like when he escaped that ship and uh, the Mateo, I'm just going to keep calling him. He's like, how are we going to survive this? He's like, we don't all have to survive. And then he just drags him along the ground. And then, ice. <laughs> and then just drowns Damn, him. Eight. And then just he cuts the thing dead. off his head. <laughs> like, oh my God. It was pretty, that was actually probably the most brutal thing on screen. Yeah. Other than Rocket, have... Rocket scratching his face off. That you didn't was, see I mean, that so much. That's, they pushed... This movie pushed PG-13 a bunch. I yeah. do want to say, though, that if you're PG-13, you get one F-bomb, and the F-bomb that was used in this was freaking hilarious with the, you know, just open the effing door, yeah. <laughs> because they couldn't figure out how to use this the door on a 1970s Plymouth. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been yelled at like that. <laughs> yeah. Just push the button. You're pushing, I think you're pushing the keyhole. Push the button next to the thing <laughs> under the lock. Um Nebula doesn't know. <laughs> but, oh, no, I was saying is that the scene where the high evolutionary is losing his mind and his female, like, assistant was basically yeah. telling him, stop, no, we got to do it this way, no. And then all of his guards and everyone just turns on him. And so then he satisfying. just goes, like, full binary, though, and just, boom, yeah. shoots off this thing. And then, presumably, they're all dead, too, so. Well, yeah. But he's you know, a baddie. No, yeah, there was none of the people that were with them that, you know, just because, you know, his underlings decided to revolt against him. They're both, they're all deserve the fates that came to them anyway. So I thought. I suppose. At least they revolted against him, though. I was uh, concerned. Okay. So Rocket, like, get all the kids off, right? And Rocket around, and there's all these animals and the Mm -hmm. baby raccoons. And I was like, there's no way that. They're going to get all these animals out, right? Like, this is going to be the heartbreak moment. They're not going to get all the animals. 
but then they did. <laughs> that scene where he picks them up and there's crawling all over him and then one so falls cute. and he picks them up. I was just like, oh my God. So tiny. I was like, oh, Rock is a dad. <laughs> <laughs> but that scene that kind of threw me off of it a bit when they were in the pit and then they released the cages and uh, what was it? Yeah. Nebula Drax and uh, Gamora yeah. have to fight the three Mantis. or Mantis. They have to fight those three. The Harbulary Battery Eaters? Yeah, I forget what they're called already. <laughs> At first, I thought they were Rathars from oh, and we had Awakens, a crossover. <laughs> but they did use that same sound effect that the Rathars made in yes. Force Awakens for their sound. And that's why I'm just like, wait a second. And they looked exactly like, too. Big tentacles, big mouths with the, the, the teeth and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, they've got to be some kind of um, evolutionary thing. Because don't forget, you know, Star Wars takes place a long time ago. So, yes. you know, this could have evolved. But yeah, That's so th- th- that scene, though, when they come and they're like getting, I, I call it like the, the nowhere arc when they're all the people come across and then all of a sudden they're like, there's more. And then they're coming. And the one lady's like, there's like, she says something referring to the animals. And then one just jumps and like attaches to her face. The and you see her scratching her. Yeah. Like falls <laughs> over. Yeah. And the they're next thing you know. Wicked. All of these animals so are many coming. animals. Yes, you say it was very because, satisfying, though. Yeah, the and then, but that I do give another props to James Gunn too. Is that he went a scientific route with the vacuum of space with um, right James with they, he explained a little bit because there had been atmosphere there. There could be a little bit of a time because normally, like if we were like on the moon and we took our our helmet off. Yeah, your head would freeze and explode in a matter of no less than a second. I literally thought of that today, and I was thinking about Star Wars, and I was like, "Wait, on the rise of Skywalker at the end, they're just like riding those weird horses on a ship in space, and but nobody those, needed was, masks." That was still in the atmosphere, though. Remember, they were was they it? were still they were still was in the it? atmosphere there. Okay, I think so I because you. you can still see this. But <laughs> the fact that um, Star Lord's face started freezing first, and then started just like. like kill Chris Pratt and then when his face started expanding I was like no they're not <laughs> but then you see the friggin uh, Michelangelo David moment with Adam Warlock coming with his finger it was like, so perfect because <laughs> I was like I forgot about you till now <laughs> yeah everyone did because he wasn't in the scene and then he yeah. was just like he did do that you could tell when he had the the moment he turned around where and they were like why did you save me right I was trying to kill you that's exactly when it's like okay we got this guy now so yep. he's a good egg Yep. This little so pet overall, thing. I can't I can't wait to see this thing. Oh my god, that thing was hilarious too. <laughs> I loved it. Where I'll he just teach picked it to it be up. better. I'll teach it to stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when he was starting to licking itself. <laughs> yeah. There's no teaching them um, not to do that. <laughs> no. There was no this was one of the ones too where I got done. And, and like I said, I've been, you know. The Guardians, I've loved the first two, so this is a great way for it to wrap up the trilogy. It gives me actually a lot of hope, too. And I've seen this with a lot of people saying, you know, bring on Superman Legacy. Because yeah. James Gunn in charge of DC is going to be, I think it's going to be a, it's going to focus their, you know, their narrow their focus. And he's always been a great storyteller and a great way to combine, you know, the comedy. And this one was a lot, there was a lot of just violence in this movie, too. Yeah, but I, I it mean, wasn't it was, gratuitous. It was hard to watch. Yeah, some of the Parts stuff, of like we said, that scene with him 
killing that guy to get the, you know, luckily they didn't show much of him prying the thing off the side of his yeah. head to get the, the, the code to stop the kill switch on yeah. uh, his on rocket's heart. Also Chris he, Pratt's acting in that scene where rocket flatlines. Mm-hmm. I had tears streaming down my face. He is such a good actor. <laughs> I yeah. don't care what other people think. I think he's a great actor. I think his coworkers really like him. And I am really glad at the thought of potentially getting him back in the future. I think they will, because I'm pretty sure that Feige wouldn't have allowed this to go through with what it is. Obviously, he may end up being now when he's on Earth because he's here for a bit. Right. He could just go right and be an Avenger. He could join Alpha Flight in the future. Yeah. He could, well, maybe uh, Alpha Flight tends to be a little bit picky because if you're not Canadian, they don't really like you in there. But Not until the Gre- comics I've read. <laughs> maybe Great Lakes Avengers, which I wouldn't like because that was a, that's a terrible group because it's like, really? Maybe we get the comics we read in December where he's like stranded on Earth because of whatever I forget already. Uh, the ship was down. The and then, was there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he's here. Yeah. On his own. The fact is, too. Uh, I thought of it in that scene. It's like, how did his grandpa like recognize him right away? But then I was reading that some stuff on little, saying like, yeah. they said people know. And plus I think that his grandpa must've known he's still alive because star Lord was in a lot of visible things. Like they had to have seen like with the whole battle true. at the end of Maybe end he was game. On, um, Ant-Man's podcast. That's true. <laughs> Um, There's a lot because I had I was like, oh, really, guys? Like, first of all, he looks like he's 72, not 90. And second of all, oh, yeah, you just know who he is. Okay. But you know what? Small things that we can gloss over and find headcanon for. He didn't say, I know when they were talking about Earth and Missouri, he didn't say that he hasn't been there since he got picked up. And he said he hadn't seen his, he didn't visit his grandfather because obviously he was back on Earth at the end of Endgame when he portaled there. Right. From Titan. So, I think in his mind, he hasn't been there in a significant way. Right. So, and now he's just like, yeah, everyone. His, uh, oh, another thing that got me too was when the, at the end, when they were all on nowhere and everyone was basically figuring out their points, Mantis's little thing about, you know, her knee and she's finally free and just telling mm-hmm. Drax, like, Drax, I'll go with you. She's like, no, that's not the point. <laughs> Leave me alone, himbo. <laughs> but when they are on the platform and Gamora is just standing off and then Groot comes and says, I am Groot. And she responds to him other than the yeah. way she had been responding all movies saying, I know you are. Why are you saying this? She understood him. It was just like, yeah. oh my God, she's already met this way. But I'm sort of glad that they basically had that storyline. Like this isn't Peter's Gamora. Right. It's it was Nebula's. Okay. There were a couple of times where I was like, this Gamora sucks. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they, even when they were talking about the scene, it was in the commercial or one of the scenes when they were sitting there. She's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not your Gamora. And he's like, yeah, I know you're bunch you're a dick and then <laughs> she really was <laughs> and then she said something about him being more you know tra- like compatible with nebula and he gives her this look and she's like stop looking at me like that <laughs> you know, i never understood i never noticed how black your eyes are and then she's like yeah that's because thanos ripped my eyes out and replaced it with these cybernetic things jerk i love so. what karen gillum got to do in this one she got like a lot of spotlight which she really deserves and she's super funny i loved her in this oh yeah she's great um I'd say my other, like, the only thing that I kind of go, eh, about it was the whole, like, Mantis and Star-Lord or brother-sister thing meant, like, absolutely nothing. I think they mentioned it one time. And so I was kind of like, 
what was the point of all of that then in the holiday special? It's a tiny gripe. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take away from anything. But I thought it was kind of a weak thing to do, I guess. I don't know. I think it was just a matter of them referring to that because obviously at the end when they're sitting there with the grandpa reading the paper and it said Kevin Bacon explains alien abduction. Yeah. abduction. So yeah, with her being pretty much you know half brothers with, they have both had the same dad, just basically shows something about Peter Quill, even though there, there's family that you are born into and then there's family that you get along the way. Yeah. Um, the scene, another thing too, at the end, there are so many heartwarming things when Drax just starts dancing and he's dancing yeah, like an idiot. Because we knew that like, was oh. coming. Yeah. You know, a lot of the stuff that they can't, and that was a great picking the dog days are over by Florence. Oh, yeah. It was just a perfect choice because of the buildup. And then when it hits and everyone is just, you know, dancing like crazy. And it's a so, great song. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think we both liked it. Anything else you did. want to say about the, the movie before we go to our comparison section? I don't think I'll be rewatching this one very much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, super enjoyed it. Yep. So, okay. Um, comparisons. There was a lot of stuff in this. That oh, yeah. Worlds Collide was obviously a really big influence on this film because they pulled and pulled and pulled from that over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah. So if you didn't whole... read that or listen to us talk about it, you should. <laughs> yeah. It gives you the whole aspect of what counter earth is and what uh, the animan are. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. really explain that it's not like on in our solar system that is on a uh, separate, you know, I think basically what did they say? The high evolutionary just liked the way that earth evolved and their structure of it. So that's why he just copied it. Yeah. And then, you know, we go in there and you're like on New York, but instead of the Statue of Liberty, you see a picture of high evolutionary evolutionary, uh, thing of that. So, um, yeah, I think also the the Guardians run, the one that happened right after the Annihilation Conquest, which we pulled, had a lot with how Adam Warlock can work with the group. Yeah. And, you know. Like you said, read this. Anything about Adam Warlock, he's been around since the 70s. He's had a lot of great just like. Um, I could also see them using a lot of his aspect because of him being a super powerful entity. And with him growing as big as he did, I could see actually Adam Warlock or an aspect of him becoming a big bad like it did in the comics. Yeah, He ends up taking out some of the... In order to remain neutral and not get too attached to anything, he takes all of his like love, compassion, and all the positive aspects of human humanity out, and also all the evil. Well, mm-hmm. those two entities become characters, and so the evil one, the magus, he ends up they end up having to yeah. fight. So that would be a really cool future yeah. story, and that would allow Will Poulter to have like a dual, you know, mm-hmm. role too. So he and his eyebrows are totally capable of pulling it off. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, I, I'm interested to see how they use the Guardians or him in the future. Yeah. In the movies. So um, some of the other things, yeah, a lot of the aspects of what High Evolutionary wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. just create a perfect society. Yeah. And we find out how much, how long he's been around and he was responsible for, you know, the in in the books. It seems like, oh, that whole aspect, too, of Rocket is the one that had the um, 
the, the cognitive thinking outside of the box, which figured out that the thing wasn't being filtered right, which right. was causing the angry when he turtle. Was speeding it, yeah, the angry turtle. Him in, they don't really explain a lot about the experiments in the comics, more like he creates the hybrid turning humans into animals. And this one is just, he speeds them up their evolution to right. uh, get them. It's pretty much just an easier way to get to the same end point. Being yeah, like, you're without not going to explain a lot. Right. They put them in this little thing and blip, blop, bloop. You know, they, <laughs> they give them a million years of evolution, take out their aggression. And now they're perfect. Yeah. Animen, I guess you want to call them. So I thought they kind of, um, from the worlds collide part where his son was like keeping the earth, what was it? The orbit battery or something. Anyway, where he had the compassion. I think they kind of bled that into Adam Warlock. And so he was sort of like a offshoot of the high evolutionary in a way, um, because the sovereign okay. made Adam and he made the sovereign. And um, But Adam had that compassion and that empathy in the same way that his son did in the comics. I think that that was kind of a direct correlation. Yeah, he wasn't Adam Warlock, wasn't a you know, from the bat off the bat, like a complete just weapon to be used. Yeah. He sort of seemed that way. The first time you see him, he just busts into nowhere. Like, no, again, people don't know how to use doors and stuff. It's just grab them and just fly <laughs> through everything as much as you can. So yeah, he was a total bull in a China shop. <laughs> yeah. That was a, uh, that was a very interesting introduction to him, but I liked it. So <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the comparisons I think is that there was a lot to um, get, a groundwork for the character high evolutionary mm -hmm. that if you have any questions, just go ahead and listen to our coverage and our episode, or just read the six, the, the issues of the two with the uh, Avengers and champions from 2016, 16. I think. So yeah. just, uh, yeah, go pull that up and have at it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, or just anything... listen to us on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> We appreciate it. We know it. you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Our I tones. Today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything else to uh, add to the conversation here before we uh, tell the people where to get a hold of us or how to get a hold of us or why I'll to get a hold that, of us? I'll just say that Infinity comic is kind of acting as a prelude comic, both for the movie and there's a 2023 brand new Adam Warlock run that they're doing called Warlock Rebirth born i think and i read the first cool. and it looks like it's gonna be really good so if you're cool. super into the character there's lots of material back from the jack kirby days to all the way to now another kirby creation yeah yeah so kirby okay cool i pretty much said everything i wanted to say on it so okay well if you want to get a hold of us, send us feedback if you want to. You can email us at sparkpodcast at gmail.com, spark with a C, or get a hold of us on any of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're active on all three. And make sure you're checking out all the Stranded Panda shows at strandedpanda.com. And speaking of shows, we got our podcast buddies that we like to give a shout out to here. If you want to check them out, the links are in our show notes. And that is across the Bye for us to Mighty Thor podcast. Dan and Ian have questions. Commute the podcast. Sigabits. I want to say Sigabits. Sigabits. Apollo City Comics. Mocktails from the Cantina. Rebel Force Radio presents the Babu Freaks. 
Jacked Kirby, speaking of Jacked Kirby, mm-hmm. and Rantermeisters. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. I think any uh, final parting words of wisdom? Cosmo is a good dog. Cosmo, yeah, that scene when she finally was just like, yeah. You know, when Craglin says it, because the scene when they were playing cards and he's like, you know, all the, you see all those other people. That's the scene that, that I was like them. sobbing during. <laughs> he says, I'm a bad dog. And he's like, <laughs> You're a bad dog. You know, no, you have to learn your no lesson. Their info. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's my already. final line. <laughs> um, next week, we are covering what a recap of We're talking uh, Mando of season three. Mando season we get to three. Geek out. Yes. So we do a whole episode of Star Wars talk. So until then, remember two things be excellent to each other and never judge a book by its movie. Love you, 300. Thank you for listening to Source Pages, a reading collective, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email sparkpodcast at gmail.com. That's spark with a C. Or follow us on Twitter at SourcePagesCast. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash spchat. And remember, let reading spark your imagination.